Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Coming up in this edition of TV Black Box, Australian female journos find their private pictures plastered all over the internet. Old comments come back to haunt Samantha Armitage, but have they been taken out of context? And viewers in a tears over Pete Evans' appearance on 60 Minutes. Welcome to the podcast where people in the TV industry get their news. This is TV Black Box. Bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Hello there and welcome to TV Black Box. We have Mock, Brookie and Ben in the chair, but we're doing it a day early because of our Eye on Big Brother podcast and it looks like Sarah has forgotten and I just do not have the heart to call her at 5 o'clock in the morning in Florida on a Sunday morning. So Sarah will be sitting this one out, but we will let her know before tomorrow night's planned recording that well, uh, she won't have to How brutal would that be? <laughs> oh, yeah, brutal. Now, guys, off the top of the podcast, I just want to talk about last week's podcast. Mm-hmm. It was probably the first uh, episode we've done that got a lot of negative reviews. And, uh, look, I have to put my hand up and say Ranty Rob made an appearance and uh, <laughs> that got a, you know, maybe some people didn't like that. But, um, look, I just want to say we've we've listened to the feedback and, as we always do, with anything that we do here at TV Black Box and uh, all the views expressed throughout the week are being uh, listened to and we're moving forward and we're getting back to the core business of what TV Black Box does so well. Would anyone else like to chime in? Look, I think it's... Um a good opportunity to really say I actually was really tired and it's not an excuse, but going into last week's episode, I probably used some language that I was really uncomfortable with. I made a comment right at the start when we were interacting, well, when I was interacting with you, Brookie, and, um, yeah, it was really gross. And then when I heard the show back, uh, yeah, it just came across as really gross. And I think sometimes I think I'm being funny where I'm mm. like, oh, I'm being a little bit scandalous and I'm saying something and um, it was a mistake and I feel really bad about that. So I will think a little bit more carefully about some of the things that I have to contribute. <laughs> I'm not going to apologise though for one thing and that is that sometimes my opinions are quite polarising and they are my own opinions and I'm, not gonna okay. beat myself, and I'm not going to beat myself up for sometimes thinking, you know, something that's very different to the rest of the world. No, we don't want people just to agree for the sake of agreeing. Brookie, you'd wanted to jump in. I do think our credibility took a hit. I personally, my preference, I don't think sexual content has any role on this podcast. It's a media podcast. I was disappointed because I thought with our discussion that we had on the US situation, our US expert who actually lives in the country and had first-hand experience of the issues we want to discuss was kept waiting for quite a while before she got a chance to have her say. And uh, if I'd had my time again, I would suggested Sarah go first because she had the most relevant information to the discussion topic. Look, my point, my my feelings were probably um, like the rest of the world, and I think that we're all pretty much struggling with a lot of the imagery that we're seeing. Uh, last week would probably be one of the most um yeah craziest times consistently every day there was news headlines that left me emotional and struggling to sleep and struggling to get through my day so look you know yeah I'm pretty sure I wasn't alone with that Mm. well look as we said let's do what tv black box does best and get into the television news stories of the week and female journalists in Australia have become victims of a sexist website exploiting their private photos The Guardian reports hundreds of women have had their images uploaded to the forum, which allows users to post lewd comments. The photos have been lifted from social media accounts and show them exercising and socialising. 
Now, Mark, these photos haven't been obtained illegally, but there's mm. no doubt this is bad form. Does this mean female presenters should never post pictures online that don't present the journo image or the presenter image they want projected when they're doing their work? It, it's really off colour, isn't it? Um, th- yeah. This is outrageous when I read this story today. I, th- I think what it will do is force journalists, particularly female journalists, to keep very separate their private and professional lives. Uh, and some may argue they should have been doing that anyway. I, I don't think so. I think if you're posting on your Instagram, here I am, you know, covering a story for whatever, and the next day is, you know, off to yoga with the girls, who cares? That's awesome. Like, that's you living <laughs> your best life and doing what you need to do. That people are taking, lifting that content uh, for their own means to be crass and horrible, then that's that's outrageous. I think it's a form of bullying. I hear what you say, Mork. Female journalists and presenters are already doing that. I know more than a few who have two social media profiles, their personal profile for family and friends where they post images of their family life and their leisure time has a completely assumed name that is pretty much untraceable. And then they have a separate one for their work. I think it is an invasion of privacy. Some of these accounts that they have for family and friends are restricted so that you can't join without an invitation. The Guardian story seemed to be implying that some of those photos from those sites were being taken. I just think it is a form of bullying and abuse, and we see this so often on social media. Lee Sales from 7.30 has called it out on a number of occasions. Mm. Uh, Sexualised abuse, uh, which is woven into comments about them doing their job. This started out as a Twitter thread um, by a journo, which I was following. I was actually already working on this story and talking to them. They do feel violated. Um, They're shocked at at how they're being perceived and what's being said about them. And it's interesting, though. I remember years ago there was a reporter at Channel 9, and when she left, um, I think it was News Corp, the Daily Telly, went and took a photo of her in her swimming costume at the um, pool down by the Harbour Bridge, Milsons Point. And I remember being shocked because I was so used to seeing this presenter, you know, in the attire yeah, of her, yeah. all dressed up, and uh, it, it, it was surprising. And this is the thing in the age of social media. Pictures are much easier to come by, but our perceptions are really interesting. I think most of you know Robbo was staying at my mm. place the, uh, last week and he saw me in a pair of uh, flip-flops and said, no, can't can't handle that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, this was me at home. But it is hard for anyone in the media, right, most notably women, because you can't, it's really difficult to have that social side to you that you want to share with your family and friends and that pers- professional uh, eye looking in, and especially this website that was just gross and talking about them in such vile manner. Look, I you know what's this is really funny because I think we just have to be really careful about how, you know, what photos are taken of us and what we want to put onto social media. I personally do not care. I mean, it does not bother me what photos have been taken and used before. It's happened to me many a time. I mean... I guess I never really liked stars without makeup either. You know, that whole segment Mm. that they do in some trashy magazines and people love to be able to see their, you know, famous people without, you know, looking normal. And I just, I don't know, I always felt that felt a bit gross. You know, like that felt like an invasion to me as well. Yeah, exactly right. Like, and the photos were always taken of them, you know, buying a Starbucks coffee or, you know, finishing up at the gym. And I just thought it it seems a little bit inappropriate, but we're living in a a day and age at the moment where it's just really hard to, you know, police this sort of stuff. Absolutely. Australia's content drama quotas are making headlines again with News 9 only fulfilled its obligations through New Zealand content. TV Tonight reports 7 had around 11% of their drama from New Zealand, 10 had around 5% and 9 had nearly 50%. Shows made in New Zealand count towards local drama points for Australian broadcasters. Rookie, I know this one is a big bugbear for Dan Bennett, uh, who you can hear over on the Binge Box podcast. Nine would say it's playing by the rules, so what's the problem? Well, they are playing by the rules. The TV production industry in Australia would argue that the rules are the problem. Clearly, 7 and 10 have local soaps that are produced in Australia and turn over a large number of hours each year that helps to reduce their reliance on content. Nine had a bit of a shallow period for drama. These figures from 2019 
Doctor Doctor, one of their big local productions, they screened that this year instead. Bad Mothers and Sea Change were the only big Aussie productions. A lot of this New Zealand stuff went out on Nine Gems, so clearly wasn't watched a lot. Uh, and it's people's livelihoods. The, mm. It's tough enough in TV at the moment. The SPA, which is the local production industry, is saying we need more Aussie productions. Executives and programmers say it's a continuing bugbear for us because we put this stuff on. It doesn't tend to rate. Mm. Reality is much more popular with viewers and gets the lion's share of the eyeballs and the advertisers. The problem now, of course, is that with the COVID-19 problems with the industry, these quotas don't even apply. So even though the main networks do very well on one metric, which is local content, 55% is the rule in prime time, but they're up around 70 80%. Uh, going into the future, at least for the next year, I think, not a lot of that is going to be local Aussie drama. No, absolutely not. Um, Mark, we obviously want local drama, but, you know, there is an argument. Australians don't overly watch it. Look, this is a rod made by the commercial television's own back, honestly. Um, you know, in, in the way that they have so latched onto the reality television teat, and, and had it finish at 8.37, 9.03, when it's advertised that an 8.30 finish. Um, to Ten's great credit, as an example, um, Tuesday nights, you could almost set your watch by it normally. It is either an 8.30 or a 9 o'clock finish for whatever reality show, usually MasterChef, is on there, and then it's into two episodes of different NCIS franchises. And you know it's yeah, but people aren't choosing their o'clock. shows based on what time they finish or whether a network keeps to a schedule. They're choosing oh, it based absolutely on. Absolutely, have been caring. This is no. The they, they, I didn't say they didn't care. I said they're not choosing based on that. They're basing it on the content and then getting angry that the shows aren't finishing or starting at the right times. But they're not choosing. Surely they're not choosing based on start times. They're choosing on content. But here's the thing. So we started like this and we used to have a great um, reputation for delivering cracking Aussie drama at 8.30, 9 o'clock. And then because reality ran over and the drama got bumped, uh, people were getting used to, I'll record it, I'll watch it on catch-up. And now what happens at 8.37 or 8.52 or 9.03? People are turning off, turning off and going to streaming services or catch-up or to watch three episodes of that recorded thing from the last three weeks. You absolutely made the point I was waving madly to make, Malk. Families will watch reality television, and then once that finishes, it's send the kids to bed, and adults will settle down on their own. They want drama at that time. Mm. Uh, More likely than not, they're going to jump on a streaming service Mm -hmm. rather than the local offering, which has ads, which we know audiences do not like. It doesn't mean that they're not going to go back to Aussie drama on some of those streaming services, uh, as we have learned with the catch-up figures for first-run drama can actually be very high, but this is a real issue and no one has worked out how to solve it. We're also short a really good poppy drama, like as in a drama that pops. We haven't Mm -hmm. had a great success with Australian drama on the commercial networks in the last, I'm going to say, three to four years. Nothing really serious that's rung big ratings bells. No, because we're competing with the US networks or the streaming sure. services and we're not competing on their level. It's a bit hokey to watch an Australian drama. And, no, and it's not. we're not getting the audience for the amount of money that you need to pour into it because everyone's waiting or going and watching elsewhere, blah, blah, blah. It's that whole chicken-egg scenario. Mm. Sorry, Ben. I still love watching scripted drama. Like, that's my favourite thing. I'd prefer to watch that above reality. I'd prefer to watch that above everything else, especially watching Australian content. I love hearing the Australian accent on screen. Uh, And I feel like, you know, Malk raised a good point in the sense that we haven't had a really good show to sink our teeth into. And it's not that we can't do it. You know, I don't like when people say, oh, we don't have the capability of mimicking. I never said that. Mm, Like, yeah, no. I said we're not doing it. Doesn't mean we're not capable of doing it. I think, Went- I think Wentworth feels like the best produced show going around. Like, I like that better than any other show being made around the mm-hmm. world. And I think we need to tell more Australian stories in this country, not less. Uh, I am. I must admit, though, like, I also feel like we don't see enough of the New Zealand content that gets made over there because I would be interested in watching some of the content that gets made. Apparently and it's I have- all on 9 Gem. 
<laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> this is where Nine have really they're starting to play out their masterstroke um, as a, as a broad network media company um, with Stan being this one of the streaming services that ostensibly people are, sw- are flipping over to. Um, mm. They're dropping. Australian-made, Australian-written, delivered content there. Uh, And we we assume it's doing well. We don't get numbers on that. But certainly they're bouncing it. Bloom season two, the gloaming. You know, there's good stuff flying around. You've just got to go hunting for it. Yeah, fair enough. Old comments from Samantha Armitage have resurfaced and the Sunrise presenter is being accused of racism. Armitage made the comments while introducing a set of twins. One is white and the other is black. The Alma twins come from a mixed-race family in the UK. Maria has taken after her half-Jamaican mum with dark skin and brown eyes and curly dark hair. But Lucy got her dad's fair skin, good on her, along with straight red hair and blue eyes. Ben, I've got to say, this is such a non-story to me. It seems obvious she was making a reference to her own fair skin, which she talks about all the time and the problems she's had with it, burning easily, all that kind of stuff. Are these current protests just feeding into the need to go back and find stuff to pin on people? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it definitely feels like there's a huge magnifying glass on race. And I also feel like on Australian television, we often see uh, presenters really struggling and to feel confident with what it is that they're saying. And I think she felt really unconfident while she struggled through that. And that was really noticeable to the viewer. And then it was picked up. You know, I think this is an ongoing issue. And I think that um, maybe they need to do a little bit more rehearsals with it, or maybe they need to make themselves feel a little bit more comfortable with the language. But just by accident... three and a half hours hours of tv but it is not hard to rehearse your language when it comes to confidently talking about race and sex and sexuality because these are difficult things and when you see a presenter stumble on it it makes it seem like an issue when it shouldn't be what she did there was not uh there was no malice involved but it certainly did make me feel uncomfortable when i saw it it's a non it's not a big issue but i did feel uncomfortable what i was disappointed by with the twitter reaction was that they missed the real story which was the incident on Sunrise with the all-white panel featuring Prue McSween (laughs) and Ben Davis from 2018 that the regulator said breached standards when they discussed the adoption of Indigenous children and child abuse, basically saying that it it didn't meet standards of accuracy and it provoked a serious contempt on the base of race. Mm. That was the real issue for which Sunrise... that played out, didn't it? That played out in the media that... Well, that deserved criticism of. I I found it bizarre that what was chosen to be highlighted was this incident. I agree with you, Rob. I found it quite innocuous because as she's delivering those words, she's clearly gesturing to her own skin. Uh, And the issues are important. There's a lack of Indigenous journalists and presenters. We saw on Insiders this morning when they were talking about the Black Lives Matter protest an all-white panel. Everyone on that panel was all white. So I just feel that they're in important issues and they're not really being aired in the proper manner. Well, Brookie, on that, can I just say, though, when you're getting a panel of people together for segments like that, you don't know what the topics are you'll be discussing when you're booking ahead. So No, and for insiders, it's a political show and they want political journalists on it and I don't think there are many... Indigenous journalists who are based in the press gallery in Canberra. So I didn't have a problem with insiders and the panel this morning because I think they're all experts on politics. And you're right, they're booked far in advance and they wouldn't have known that Black Lives Matter was the top topic of the week. I did have a giant problem with that Sunrise panel because who are Prue McSween and Ben Davis to be talking about those issues? Because they were doing a hot topic segment that wasn't planned in advance, exactly like Insiders. They didn't know when they come in that morning, they don't know what topics they're going to be talking about and it's handed to them. They sent a link to a story that's been online or in the paper and they're told this is what we're going to be discussing this morning. That's sure, how Sure, but happens. that doesn't give them a right to, as ACMA found, to be inaccurate. No, of course they can't be inaccurate. 100%. So you've got to do your homework. Yeah. No, I'm not disagreeing quad- with that. It's just the point that, you know, if we go down this path of saying you've got to have an Indigenous person on to, when if, if anything even resembling an Indigenous issue comes up, then you've got to have a transgender person on when you're talking about a transgender story. You've got to have a... Um, homosexual on when you're talking about homosexual stories. You know, like when you're doing hot topics, 
that just doesn't fly because you don't know what you're discussing until you're there discussing it. I think that's probably true. The other issue I had with Sunrise is that that issue in particular that they brought up, you cannot really deal effectively with as a hot topic that gets what? A, and a and nine, that's a good argument. 60 seconds of airtime or yeah. something divided amongst three people. So yes. that was a another issue. But, yeah, I think your point that if you uh, I'm not a big fan of tokenism either, which is the flip side of having such uh, demands for representation. Mm. All right. Channel 9 60 Minutes is facing another controversy, this time for allowing Pete Evans to spread his conspiracy theories. A promo for the current affairs program says Evans will reveal the truth about COVID-19. All right, Mulk, should people like Evans be given a platform to legitimise his conspiracy theories, especially on a high-profile show like 60 Minutes? That will come down to the nature of the interview, won't it, as far as legitimising yep. it? if Which uh, we should point out at time of recording we have not seen. Correct. It, it's actually about to go to air. Um, mm. Look, Liz Hayes is the, the journalist, the interviewer in this regard, and I I would offer that Liz is a seasoned per- performer, a good journalist. She will ask some tough questions and she won't let Pete get away with much. It's also not the whole hour, so we're only getting a, a, a short interview. What is interesting as a counterpoint is that uh, Evans has already responded to his fans and said that he has a recording that he took of the 90 minutes that they spoke for that he's going to run so that they can then see what he said, how they edited him, all of that sort of stuff. Um, The difficulty is that a good journalist would rightly tear these kinds of, you know, faux science and and fake opinions apart. Um, However, Pete's, able to circumvent that because welcome to 2020 and and the new media and the rest of it, he can preach straight to his believers, um, as he should be able to, to be fair, Uh, and if they want to impart their cash, then so be it. Um, It's a a ludicrous situation that it's been great, right? Ever since TV Black Box dropped the promo for 60 Minutes, on their Twitter feeds, all I have seen in my Twitter feed is people going, what? What are they doing? <laughs> 60 Minutes used to be so great. How how the mighty have fallen, blah, blah, blah. One person said, this is going to rate its tits off. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing, isn't it? You know, 60 Minutes wants ratings. They're, they're, a bit of controversy is good for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's this interesting argument that people you disagree with, Brookie, shouldn't be allowed on TV. That's pretty much what people are saying. I hate that argument. I, it's called no platforming, and uh, Pete Evans is is falling victim to that a bit. Jermaine Greer mm. in Britain has been uninvited to give university lectures, etc. I'm a journalist. I'm happy to interview anyone, yep. no matter how controversial they are, if there's a legitimate story to be had in there. And Malk is correct. It's all about the quality of the interview. Sky News got into dreadful trouble when they interviewed the far-right political activist Blair Cottrell. Yes. Uh, and then the blowback from that was pointed out that he'd been on the ABC a couple of times. But I went and watched, and the Sky interview was really a walk in a park and uh, almost fawning of this guy, done by a very experienced present- inexperienced presenter, I should say, whereas the ABC appearances... He was very heavily challenged, and I thought that that actually made for quite good journalism. Mm, fair enough. But just really quickly, Chris Ever, I mean, Pete Evans is really controversial. He's a hot topic at the moment. Everyone's discussing him. 60 Minutes wants ratings. There are channels that, you know, they're, they're, it's a, it's a primetime position. They, if they want ratings, this is a story that people want to hear. So, like, this guy's batshit crazy, and I love watching and listening to conspiracy theories. Doesn't necessarily mean that I take things on board, but uh, I certainly am not a big fan of his in his conspiracy theories, but I still find him very entertaining. I just hope that people listen to his story and, you know, can use their brains a bit. <laughs> well, I think 60 Minutes will be showing multiple aspects of the story and that's the whole point so it'll be interesting to see well it's been a big week for abc's michael roland who celebrated 10 years in the chair of news breakfast this week just this year roland and co-host lisa miller have overtaken the today show to claim the number two spot ben 10 years in the business is an impressive milestone isn't it and one that Mm. he's now reaping the rewards of 
Yeah, absolutely. I think anyone that can last a day in a, in the media industry is like should get a pat on the back. I mean, it's really difficult. You know, the lives of people and how hard it is to work in this industry. You know, is full on and I think well well done to him I think that program as well as ratings don't necessarily reflect him per se like I think that it's an overall collaborative effort of that show and that's the reason why that show has climbed to where it's gotten to they also he seems more comfortable and confident with taking some risks with their guests it's really interesting to see like I've said before you know like Dolly Diamond who's a drag queen coming on and being a presenter and sort of to you know look back at what we were kind of talking about before like I just feel like that particular program has a little bit more diversity in the way in which they have their guests Mm. whilst the other networks don't um but look i think he's done a fantastic job and um he deserves to be there i think we forget uh when news breakfast started in 2008 how it was widely derided Mm. yes inside the abc and outside and uh, nobody loved the program. It started with very few resources. Michael Rowland wasn't in the chair then, but came along two years later. He'd had a very long experience as yes. a foreign correspondent. He'd been in the US. He'd covered the Virginia Tech massacre. And I remember I interviewed him for my podcast, Behind the Media, uh, about his long experience. And he said something I thought was quite revealing about chemistry be- between presenters. He said he hated the term and mm. he thought it was artificial He said he preferred to talk about a solid, workable TV relationship, and it takes time to achieve that. And he's been partnered with two very different presenters, Virginia Trioli, who left to go to ABC Radio, and now Lisa Miller's come in. And that's coincided with, I think, a slight change in tone, as you always get with a new presenter, and uh, bushfires, uh, the coronavirus, they're reaping the reward of the intense viewer interest now in news and current affairs, but because they've built that on years and years of solid journalism. I've got to respectfully disagree with Michael, um, and I love him, I'm a big fan, but I think chemistry is half the battle. You can't just throw people together and expect chemistry and expect it to work. Chemistry is really important, especially in breakfast TV. And he's had two people he's had great chemistry with naturally. I feel like he's a little bit closer with Lisa, and we're seeing that on air. There is a comfortability, but it is one of those magic ingredients, and if you get it wrong, it will kill a show. I think it's more about the word chemistry because that implies that you just chuck a couple of people together like two chemicals and it suddenly works. No, it's the exact opposite. Yeah, he's saying that word is artificial. What he's talking about is you've got to put the hard work in to make a presenting partnership successful. You know, it's really interesting (laughs) that you say that. It's it's so interesting that you say that because, like, over the last eight years I've had three different co-hosts in in a breakfast environment through radio and uh, TV presenting and in radio when I my first person I was partnered with they just pushed us together they didn't we never had been in the same room together yet we'd been cast and put together and then they said you know this is a relationship like a marriage and I was like what is this married at first sight because like I never (laughs) met this person before and then as much as I really tried to foster a relationship with these two women that I worked with in central Queensland it was basically impossible to try and jumpstart an authentic relationship that was you know what you need it to be and to almost feel tangible for the audience which is when chemistry does work you know I'm only a week into a job but I'm actually working with someone who the first time I'm like oh my goodness, this is what chemistry feels like and it's not something that's been manufactured, it's it's real. Mm. And I think that's the danger that a lot of people are not paying the extra money of making sure that when you put a group of people together they spark and have chemistry. People often ask me about the chemistry of TV Black Box and, and a, no one can ever give me a sentence that summarises the chemistry that all of us seem to have on this podcast. We're all extremely different. But that chemistry is there because that is the success for why this podcast is, I guess, into four series. And, it's, and I, I can hear it myself when I listen to it back. I'm like oh, yeah, we can hear that we're all fascinated by other people's opinions. And I think that is good chemistry. So there's a whole lot of things that make chemist, you know, make up good chemistry, I think. Uh, yes, chemistry, very, very important. Well, this week is a monumental week for Channel 7 with the launch of the all-new Big Brother Ooh. TV. Black Box has been reporting on this story since October last year, can you believe it? And now it all comes down to this. 
All right, TV black boxes. Let's give our ratings predictions. Stephen Brook, you have the floor first. Oh, what I think Big Brother will rate. Mm -hmm. I have no idea. (laughs) But that's never stopped me before. (laughs) Five capital cities, 950,000. Oh. Mark, what do you think it will do? I want it to do 950,000. I will be surprised if it gets over 700. I am thinking between 650 and 7. I'm hoping for more, but it's up against two tough components in the vo- it's up against two tough opponents in the voice yes. and MasterChef. Um look, wouldn't it be great if it does the 800s 900s? That yep. would be fantastic. Um, and, and one look, night isn't going to make the show either. Just sorry to interrupt, Rob. It's yeah. going to be how many turn up on night two and night yes. three. And, and in fairness, Mog, when it came to Lego Masters, you picked that one on the money. You said it would beat MasterChef and you were right. So um, interesting to hear your take. Ben, you've seen episode one of All right, Big We Brother. have to talk about this, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think it will rate first? Well, I did hear from somebody who went and saw a psychic and asked about the ratings of this. Yes. So, yeah, <laughs> I know that this sounds ridiculous, but I've it is this person was told that it's going to do high sevens. So, let's what I'm going to say, I'm going to agree That's with the psychic. That you know, considering oh, where gosh, house rules has been, that would actually be a success for seven. That would be a good number to get them back in the game. Yeah, but not enough to beat Master Chef or The Voice. No, but it's about increasing share because once they've got, uh, you know, 6 p.m. news working, yep, yep. Home and Away is doing well. If Big Brother lifts its share, then they've got AFL, yes. you know, coming back. Seven could start winning weeks again. And The Voice and Master Chef are not going to last forever, are they? No, Correct. but then neither does Big Brother. No. Hmm, it's got a few weeks in it. I will say this, though, and my little bit loud tweet and comments right now, and hopefully people hear this podcast tomorrow and do tune into Big Brother, it's very good. What? Like, as in, it's really good. I thought so, we, I thought we'd rubbished it all year. No, we haven't oh, rubbished I, it. We, we were haven't concerned. We were concerned no, about the concerned. challenge aspect. We've been very negative about it, though. No, that's not necessarily true. I think that's a lie. I but think I would told, say we've, we've we've reported stories, but we've all said we've got an excitement for this show. I cannot wait, Brookie. I, I think last it, week we were all saying we didn't think it was going to be very good. I, my, the wind is going out of my sails. No, I'm. Do you know what? I did, wasn't saying that at all. And I actually heard the podcast back, and I said the the show itself has been like a billy cart that someone bought, yeah. and all the wheels have been coming off while it was being made, and then as it sort of rattled into the finish line, it sort of fell to pieces. However, I can give you the update, and that is something that I I love, Big Brother. I've been so excited about it. I think I've talked about it so much <laughs> that yes, we've covered the good, the bad, the ugly. Yes, absolutely. But who? But all of that means nothing. Is the show any good? It's five stars for me i'm going to tell you that it's better it's better than any of the nine seasons and that includes my narcissistic idea of my own season i think it's better than that i think the cast the casting is great the editing is good it i could not believe it just just humor me while i tell you this story but i watched it with my two best friends who i've been friends with for 20 years i used to live here with them all three of us watched big brother throughout the channel 10 era and we loved sitting there as the three of us watching it and all the worlds collided and the girls got to be here which we never get to do we watched it all together the three of us and it managed in one episode to summarize my love of that show and it did it in a way that all three of us were laughing it's very funny the housemates are hilarious and it's very engaging and by the time you kick into these challenges you're like I was actually screaming like we were sitting on the couch screaming I was a little drunk but I was screaming (laughs) you know at and then when it finished we, we were like, oh, my God, it's an hour. it was an hour and 20 minutes for us because we didn't see any of the ads. But, you know, we were like, what? We're like, we need more. Like, it actually, to me, I kept saying to people, an hour and 20 minutes of content is too much Big Brother, you know, three nights a week. But I guarantee you, tune into this show. It's I've what, been watching The Voice. I've been watching MasterChef. Big Brother is 10 times better than those shows. And it really deserves people in Australia to give it a chance. And I... I literally, I've not given five stars to any show on on television in the last five years. So there you well, go. Well, I cannot wait to see it tomorrow. And 
Just for any Big Brother fan out there, make sure you join us live at 9.30 after every episode for the Eye on Big Brother podcast. In episode one, we'll be having a chat with Reggie for her reactions, but she's going to a party, so we'll be doing a phone with her. But Ben from Brisbane will be joining us and a much-loved member of the Big Brother family. and that Huge. Was, that will stream on the Ben, Robin, Robbo and TV Black Box pages tomorrow uh, after each episode at 9.30. And get this, guys. The evicted housemate will be on the Ben Robin Robbo show at one o'clock wow. the day after their eviction. Every housemate coming on the show, uh, it's going to be a huge, huge deal. So let's hope it rates. So <laughs> <laughs> even if it doesn't, Rob McKnight, even if it doesn't rate, I guarantee you there will be a series two and three, and that my confidence wow, with that is, is very high. Off yeah, well, Mark, Mark, there is chatter that Endemol Shine Australia have actually been crewing up for Series 2 already. They've started setting aside some production dates and they mm -hmm. are crewing up. And uh, Yeah, so they're onto that already. They are determined to go through with a Series 2. So let's hope it works. Now it's time for Hatches and Dispatches with Brookie filling in for Sarah. Thanks, Rob. It looks as though Newswire service AAP will be saved. With the SMH reporting, the board had reached an agreement on commercial terms and would enter negotiations to establish a binding contract in an attempt to sell the Newswire by the middle of June. Seven has confirmed two of its key football panel programs, Talking Footy and Game Day, will not be returning for the remainder of the 2020 AFL season. The network has blamed prevailing market conditions for the decision to temporarily suspend the two shows. The move comes at a time when Seven is seeking to cut $100 million across the network. Foxtel has confirmed adult contemporary music channel Smooth will depart the pay TV platform on June 30. The Easy Listening channel was produced in partnership with radio group Nova Entertainment. It launched as a 24-hour channel in 2013, featuring hosts Cameron Daddo and Marsha Hines. And in 2017, the channel was merged with Foxtel Arts. And Hollywood is set to head back to work from June 12, subject to approval by county public health officers. The California Department of Public Health said in a statement, to reduce the risk of COVID-19 transmission, productions, cast, crew and other industry workers should abide by safety pro protocols agreed by labour and management. And that, Rob, is this week's Hatches and Dispatches. Thank you, Brookie. Coming up, an exclusive interview with Carl Sanderlands, who opens up on just about everything, including how he protected the mum and daughter at the centre of that lie detector stunt. Plus, Ben will open up the <laughs> TV black bulb. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And Robin Robin. Media executive Rob McKnight. Something brand new is coming to your social media feed. The Big Brother winner Ben Norris. This is something bold and informative with a side of humour. And journalist David Robbo Robinson. It's truly going to be something different. Ben Robin Robbo Show starts April 20. Go to tvblackbox.com.au slash BRR for more information. It's the Ben Robin Robbo, Ben Robin Robbo, Ben Robin Robbo Show. 
Big show this week as every evicted member of the Big Brother show comes on to the Ben Robin Robbo show along with the eliminated contestants from MasterChef. It's reality TV blending in the one place. Who'd have thought it could happen? Plus, <laughs> Melissa Doyle is joining us. So that's going to be a lot of fun and a whole heap of other things going on. It's a massive week on the Ben, Rob and Robbo show. But, Malk, what is the show we need to be watching on TV Binge Box this week for your group binge? Look, it, it, in a, a move that might be considered to be uh, the obvious, Big Brother. We are <laughs> binging um, the first episode of Big Brother and then we will be absolutely pulling it apart on TV Binge Box. A special Tuesday recording, so it'll drop Tuesday afternoon oh. uh, and it'll be available. We might even release it on uh, TV Black Box Tuesday evening uh, so that people can hear it and join in and tell us what they think ahead of the second episode. And I am delving into the TV archives for one of the weirdest comedy programs ever produced. Okay, that sounds very interesting. Can't wait to hear it. Last week, guys, on the Ben Robin Robbo show, yes. Carl Sanderlands, who is notoriously hard to get an interview with, just turned up. We were chatting with his uh, manager, Bruno Boucher, and Bruno said, do you want to speak to Carl? And we were like, uh, duh, of course. <laughs> and Carl literally sat down and did a 20-minute ad-libbed interview. We had nothing prepared for it. And he opened up about everything. And uh, a lot of media people listen to this podcast. I thought it would be worth listening to that interview as a special treat for the TV Black Box listeners. And here it is. Kyle, yes, my oh my God. you are live on the internet. Oh, my hero, oh, Kyle. Hello, Kyle. Kyle. Where's the heads up about live? I could have dropped the big S-bar. <laughs> <laughs> that was oh, my... Hang on, hang on. Hang on. Three of you. you are the man who put Ida Buttrose live to air and she didn't even know she was on air, she told me. That's fine. Those things are out. I'm sure Jackie was in charge of telling us she was on. I'm sure it was Jackie. Oh, this is amazing. I'm, Kyle, I'm very excited. I believe... Yesterday, I may have sent you a naked photo of a man. Did you get that? I believe one of your producers no, well, asked me. There's so many like, nude photos of men I get. Um, I like to sift <laughs> through them. Usually, oh, I yeah. to the uh, what we call the wink bank, or maybe I've spelt that wrong. <laughs> you can say wank. You can say uh, wank. I'm not good with it. Some sort of. Hey, Carl, while I'm asking, What's happening, I've got you. What are you I'm guys gonna... talking? What's the hot topic today? What are you talking about? Uh, we've been talking riots, of course. We've been talking a lot about riots. We've been talking oh, yeah. about the bashing of the Sunrise News crew um, and how police are acting. And But the hot, hottest topic, you've been a hot, to hot, hot topic recently in the fact that you yep. uh, did that 60 Minutes video. We've talked to Bruno about it, but I my take on that piece of television was you were ready to reveal the emotions you were feeling that you talked about on your radio show and it completely got missed because you threw in a gag to get yourself no, out of it. No, wrong again, wrong again. <laughs> uh, so you're usually right, but uh, you're it. wrong this time. <laughs> you know what, I was not... I, I've read a few articles too that said, that, oh, are you going to reveal this, you're going to really reveal that? And I, I walk in there, I think, you know, with the intention to reveal nothing because it's Carl and I know what Carl knows and Carl could reveal a lot of things, but he's yeah. a pretty good man. Um but I, I think because when Jackie told me, to oh, reveal. you feel... No, no, there was no, yeah, no intention to reveal anything. When Jackie uh, said, oh, you know, I'm worried about you. Hey, guys, we can hear you bleeding from the background. If you keep, the, uh, <laughs> keep that down. A lot of people here. Um, yeah, so when um, when Carl said, uh, when, sorry, when Jackie said, oh, you know, I'm worried about him, and, you know, worried about his health, then I got that wave of emotion through me. So there was no real intention to reveal anything. I just got but a wave of emotion. You, thought, oh, my God, I'm going to cry in 60 minutes. the worst thing ever. <laughs> would you have would you have gone into it if he'd pushed you further for details on that? No, I'm not wasting these gold moments on 60 Minutes. <laughs> uh, and, and it was when I actually watched it on 60 Minutes is when I realised why did I get all why did that wave of emotion run through me? It was quite weird to watch it mm. at home, and I thought something's going on there. And then I realised that earlier in that same piece, Carl had identified that. If some things get too tough or too emotional to handle, I will I will make a joke out of it or, you know, mm. uh, be self-deprecating. And I thought, oh, God, he's on to me. Um, and then I, when I was watching myself, I realised where, where did that emotion come from? And then I felt sad and I thought, oh, maybe this is, 
you know, maybe this is something I've been sort of suppressing or hiding a little bit or I didn't even know I had it. I just knew that sometimes I can be quite sad, but most of the times I'm pretty up and pretty happy with everything. Well, that so, Kyle, if I can ask you, it's, it's Robbo here. Sorry, Robert, just there's other people on this <laughs> yes, podcast. Uh, uh, Robert, it's, it's Robbo. <laughs> I've got to ask you uh, that, you know, you're a broadcaster, you love the media. That's what I love about you as well. So many other reasons. But was it, was it also emotional to be on 60 Minutes? Like, that's a really big brand in Australia. And, you know, I guess we all kind of aspire to do that. Is, was that a thing for you as well or not? Uh, when they first said, oh, 60 Minutes want to do a... Um, uh, a story on you guys, you know, celebrating 20 years. And I thought, oh, here we go. They're going to roll out the lie detector, the Magda stuff, the this, the that. And I thought, you know what, that is part of the 20 years. So, of course, they're going mm. to do that. And I, and I think uh, when I found out Carl was doing it, I just rang him and said, don't forget, I've got footage of you too, bro. So, <laughs> no, I don't really. <laughs> uh, showbiz. That's you showbiz. know, Carl, you're comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Kyle, so, you're often sorry, surrounded by people. Lots yeah, you're often surrounded by so many people, you know, who just are obsessed with you and you probably have a lot of yes men around you. But the one thing I wanted to ask you after that 60 Minutes interview is, how are you? Is everything okay? Like, I guess we all have our mental health struggles and I feel like, yep, you know, do, yep. pe do people in your life ask you that question? Yes, I think sometimes, um, and over the years, they've probably made the assumption for me rather than actually ask. And and maybe I am I'm a bit bullish, so maybe, like, if someone does come in and does that, you know, how are you sort of thing, um, um, they probably have not done that because, like, you know, I, when by the time they usually get to me, I'm up. I'm most alert and most full on in the morning. I start to sort of mm. drift off into a smoky haze in the afternoon. <laughs> um, but the morning I'm super alert. But, yeah, no one really comes up and asks. Um but, but I've never really asked that many people either. Like, you see that, you know, um, you know, you see the campaigns that come on every year where you say, you know, just ask if them, are you okay, right? And then, uh, but mm -hmm. my friends aren't the sort of friends that you ask. Hey, how are you? Are you all right? I know that you, the police raided your house three times this month, but are you feeling okay inside? But maybe I should. And since that has come out, I was dreading think, seeing my mates. I was thinking, oh, God, they're going to rip me and they're going to do this. But they were super nice and they were like hey bro and they put their arm around me and said like we didn't know that and i was like oh you know it's fine like you know feel a bit funny about it but there's nothing in particular i can grab onto i think it's just just suppressed trauma over the years here and there mainly as a kid but um you know it comes out sometimes when you feel let down by people or you feel like you've had a shit day or whatever. You guys have all had, you know, fair share of shit days yourselves. <laughs> just a uh, this should be called the shit day crew, this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bad image. I can't we are changing true. the name. But, but so, so true. Yeah, but, you know, you ask. Because of the way that was promoted, it really put you in a position where you had to explain yourself and it got very emotional yeah. the day after yeah. when you were talking about yeah. your real personality. That's something... You talk a lot about your personal life but not about your feelings. So that was a really different dynamic that Monday morning when you spoke about that. It was because I think it got advertised and people were like, oh, I was reading things on the, um, you know, someone read, I said, print me out some of the messages on the, on the news forums about that 60 Minutes thing. And it was like, oh, Sandland's such a show pony. You know, he faked the whole sickness. And I was like, hang on, that was a 60 Minutes promo. And that wasn't me. In the moment, for me, it was like a like a thirty second joke at Jackie's expense, and we all laughed. I didn't even think they'd use it. Um, so when it turned into promo, I was like, "Oh, I can understand people might have felt they'd been clickbaited." I hate that myself. Like I still mm. get fooled if I mm -hmm. walk past. If I go to buy Siggy's in the servo in the morning, guys can still hear every word you're saying. You understand what is? I've only been doing this for twenty years. <laughs> Okay, so, um, sorry, a lot of people are very busy. They don't care about the showbiz stuff. They're doing real work. Um, yeah, so um, I can't remember what I was saying. Now, you've thrown me off course. Sorry. Yes. I, I, sorry, I, sorry. No, no, I, Kyle, I'm going to apologise. These two are idiots. We know that, and we're surrounded by idiots. Uh, uh, I'm going to ask you one. <laughs> I'm talking about really... my guys at my end. They're imbeciles. Oh, I'm talking about no, my guys talking at about my us. end. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, you they're bloody idiots. Just this uh, is quietly, really you pointed to Carl when you said that, just so you know. You pointed <laughs> yeah, the wrong camera way. Oh, sorry, showbiz. <laughs> hey, I'm going to do the showbiz trick. I'm going to give you a... <laughs> oh, no, sorry. Oh, yeah, wrong side, wrong side. Carl, yeah, Carl sorry. has been I'm very gracious, but, and I don't mean to harp on this, but 
Kyle, oh, I, gonna, I've worked gonna... with you. I've been lucky enough to be in the studio with you. And the thing is um, that always strikes me is that you are such a nice man and you are actually so wonderful. And the mm -hmm. you wouldn't remember this, but the first time I met you, I was doing a day in the life of Jennifer Hawkins and I was working at Sunrise right. at the time. And I said to you, I am such a big fan. My wife and I listen to you every day going into work and I've actually got my wife sitting next to me. Uh, she switches the whole show and runs everything. Yeah. Hi. But you were <laughs> genuinely shocked that someone in the media liked you. And this is, I'm going back to 2006 yeah. or something like that. And I remember being very confused by this. You were number one, you were riding high, but it was almost like you felt there's the audience and then there's people in the media who don't get me and don't like me. Is, was, did I, I didn't think that, that for a very long time. No, no you 100% nailed that. Mm. Um, I did that because I think that what we forget in life is that haters or people that don't like you, or if you read a bad, nasty message or a, a, a blog about yourself and you see maybe six or seven of them and you start thinking, oh, this is a pattern, everyone thinks this is no good. And I think I did the same thing as we do when we look at comments online. Back then I would see, oh, that person in the Telegraph doesn't like me on this person in TV Week said this horrible thing and I know that that editor at that newspaper... So I just thought, oh, the man, maybe they don't like me because I was loud and a bit of a bulldozer. And, and and Jackie used to say the same thing to me at the beginning of the radio. When we started on breakfast at Today FM 20 years ago, um, the journalist asked us, American Rosso on Nova, they're number one. And I was like, they're finished in three months. Then they'll break <laughs> up and you'll never hear from them again. Right? And Jackie was horrified. She was like, don't say that. Like, it's so arrogant and so the, it's not what people want. But that's what I truly thought. And, strangely enough, that exactly happened. So... Uh, like I'm not a I'm not a psychic or anything, but I just felt that way, and I think a lot of people were like, "Oh, you've got to be a little bit, you know, kind or nicer." And maybe you know, I've learned a few lessons over the years that, yes, you can be. There are times to be nice and kind, and a lot of my early career, I just bulldozed, 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 and uh, you know, yeah, that made me hundreds of millions of dollars. So soz everyone. <laughs> soz. And you said the same thing when you went to Kiss, the front page of the Sunday Telegraph. You were there going, yeah. <laughs> we'll be number one from the get-go. I truly believed it. I thought, if I love Law and & Order and it's on Channel 10 and if Channel 7 ended up getting the deal, I'd just turn over to Channel 7 to watch Law & Order. <laughs> I didn't be aware where it is. I didn't, I'd even go to SBS if Law & Order was on. <laughs> and I don't even have SBS on my TV. So you go where your favourite show goes. So I thought... What's the difference for a radio show? If people love this radio show, it doesn't matter where it is, they will follow. I truly believed it. And there was commentators and, like, you know, experts, media experts going, he'll be lucky if he takes 15% of his audience. He's a delude. And I was like, wow. That's the first time I thought, oh, I never even thought of only taking a small percentage. I just assumed I'd Pied Piper everyone over to kids. <laughs> and once but again, I did. was right. You did. It's almost um, embarrassing. I'm right that off. It's ridiculous. Uh, mate, I have the same. I have the same problem. Um, let me ask. Let you me do. ask you this. Another question. Um, <clears throat> yes, another question. I'm dominating. Sorry, <laughs> but um, when when you went over, uh, there was such a hatred from Osterio towards you and Jackie, and you know yeah. it was almost like their rebrand was a big two finger salute to you guys. And I've never seen. Uh, um, uh, managers or a company so happy to lose two of their biggest stars to a rival, a new rival network. Was it just sheer arrogance that the management thought they were bigger than I don't the know. Brand? You know what? We had with Oz Stereo, the original Oz Stereo, for years and years, and they got sold to Southern Cross. Yep. And then the Southern Cross guys came in. They seemed like good enough blokes. They drank beer by the large neck, but anyway, that must be a Queensland <laughs> thing. Um, and they were a bit sort of, they sort of wanted to run this gigantic radio station and television network like it was a used car yard in the outer suburbs. Yeah. Like lots of cigarettes and, and, and blokes talking and everyone does as they're told. But we were like, well, we've already sort of got a thing going on here. And then they, they pretty much said to us, um, well, we're not going to re-sign you for only for a year because, like, we think you've only got, like, a five-year. And I was like, well, we've already... It'd be 10, so how have we only had got five years in total in breakfast? And they were like, well, that's even more of a reason we think you're at the end. And I said, well, you're idiots. I said, like, we're nowhere near the end. I said, I feel that we're right, not even in the middle of our career yet. 
and they were like, oh, well, research says, and I thought, oh, these are research idiots. Yeah. Research yeah. is great to have, but you've got to go with your gut. If you just get a bunch of fat middle-aged people in a room because you're offering free pizza and asking them questions on what they think <laughs> radio and TV should be, they're really yep. only there for the pizza. And if they're free on a Wednesday night, they're usually losers. So who wants to run <laughs> their whole radio network based on what free pizza eating losers that are free on a Wednesday night think? Not me. <laughs> Robbo, you wanted to ask. Oh, so amazing. Kyle, I've got to say, I'm not, I'm not just being like a, what did Malcolm Turnbull call Bill Shorten a sycophant? I'm not being a sycophant, I promise, but I... I, I love Ma that word. Uh, thank you. I, it feels slightly dirty. But anyway, um, a, a mutual friend of ours, the wonderful Matt Simpson, we often talk about you and, and we watch clips of you. And what we love yes. about you is that you just don't give a shit. And I think that's really important because everyone else in media is always very scared about saying the wrong words. Like, can I still call, you know, a black person a black person? All that. You don't care about yeah, that. I it's think a worry, that, too. That I get it. Really, I get it. It is a worry. I, it you know is, what? but it's, it's, it's really that you're able to do it. But it's not a brave thing. It is um, I've used my money that I've made out of radio and invested in other ventures. So I've yeah. got a sangria business, Nueva Sangria. I've got the H2 Coco companies. I've, I've been in nightclub businesses. I've been a company that creates content. I've got interests in record labels overseas. I do consulting. for like I've got money pouring in on many dimensions. So if someone does say, and I'm lucky enough that I rate well enough, and we've got a big enough platform that it's not that easy to get rid of me. I'd have to really do something super dumb. And it's not just what one... <laughs> the problem is with media is one person or five people can write a letter and say, oh, I was insulted about this mm -hmm. and I think that it's disgusting and I'll never get over it. Yeah, um, yeah. And that can change that someone can get cancelled or yeah. get fired for that or they start attacking advertisers and then... People are shamed for being on people. We saw it with Alan Jones and, you know, mm. yeah, yeah. And like some people think, yeah, you know, he's a bit of an old school. He did some dumb things every now and then, but, you know, he's Alan. So, and then some people are like, no, no, I'm being outrageous. I want, him, <laughs> I want him finished. I want him ended. He's, his life's got to end. That's how There's got to be something though, Kyle. A bit of time. There's... Hey, when this happened to me, I started looking at someone else. I started looking around, who are these people that are trying to get me fired? This is years ago. And I realised yeah. that the main yeah. offender was a lady and another bloke in Ballarat. And we're not even heard in Ballarat back then. <laughs> and there was no iHeart Radio or anything. And I thought, these people have got nothing better to do. They just want me yeah. ended. So yeah. There's got to be something, though, Kyle. There's got to be something that you've done at some point in your career that you'd take back. If you could take back one thing that you've said on oh, air, what, that would be. what is it? Oh, look, you know what? Um, you know what? No, no, there's not. And a lot of people go, oh, well, what about the lie detector? You that should was take what, that That was back. my but assumption. I actually no, I reckon he's going to say something different. that girl for a long time. I was under the assumption that poor girl was 21. Don't forget, I was in New Zealand mm. operating out of the, uh, out of the Sofitel mm. Hotel on a ski holiday when that show happened. I had no control of any <laughs> buttons. On my sheet, she said she was 21, and at no stage did anyone even know she was going to get mm. asked that question. Mm. So, And then afterwards, the media, once they sort of kicked me around a bit, they were like, we demand to know who she is. And then they started to like, try to find the girl and the mother. And I just said, you know, I could come out and say what the lie detector actually said when she said that. I could say, but you didn't. oh, we, you know, the mum shouldn't have asked that. I could have said what the real situation was. But the girl was 14, so I chose if someone's going to suffer over this, it's going to be me, not a 14-year-old kid. Wow. And she's made contact since and the mother and said, hey, like, you should, we see this comes up every now and then you should say what happened, what really happened. And I just said, no, wow. like, let, let, like it, I got blamed. Um, I took it because it was my responsibility at the end of the day. It was my show. Um, and I wasn't going to throw a, 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 a mum, a desperate, confused, worried mother and a troubled 14-year-old girl under the bus. People think they know everything, but yeah. they don't really mm. know anything. If you really knew what happened behind the scenes with that, you would be, you'd, you'd think, oh, maybe I should keep my mouth shut not just assume I know everything. Because it took on a life of its own. What really happened and how it was reported on the TV and on um, Talkback Radio, um, and, and like anyone would think, you know, the, the story twisted and perception became reality. So I just mm -hmm. thought, like, i just got to protect my job here. That was the only time I thought I'd really going to get the flick. Well, and, they were gunning uh, for you. It boiled down to me and the chairman of Stereo at the time having a cigarette together. And nutting it out, just him and I, because there was a boardroom full of people going, well, I think, and there's members yeah. of the board that think, and then I thought, you know what?
let's just you and me sort it out. So we went out, chain smoked about six ciggies, and and uh, we sorted it out. Luckily, I yeah. survived through that. Well, Absolutely. and once that wasn't the one thing. That, that wasn't the one thing, though. <laughs> no, that one. Oh. Yeah, sorry, you're right. No, no one cares about your original question. It was the death. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, it was. A, it's a pretty good exclusive, Kyle. So we let you talk about it. But I still don't think. Okay, I think there's that one. You're okay, safe one with thing I regret doing is my like my um, protege, um, Jason Hawkins, who does the breakfast show Kiss in Melbourne now. Labby, I used to call him. Yeah, mm-hmm. I made him um, jerk off in a car one night live on the radio because he was running late to uh, where he should have been giving away stickers and cans of coke. <laughs> I felt bad about oh that. Oh my god! No, I feel bad about that. That is inspired. Right. That's that's original. That's a brilliant. Go on, go on. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. No one even bothered to ask, say anything. No one, not said, "Hey, what happened last night with that guy in the car?" Nothing. <laughs> I don't think anyone even heard it. <laughs> Every Wednesday we're going to get you on the show because we're obsessed with you. All three of us have basically wanked you off the whole way through this because we love you so much. So if you That's are looking to be wanked off every Wednesday, come and join us on the show. Thank you, Ben. Oh, what um, an advert. I know. <laughs> going to be lined up around the block. So, Kyle, there's been a lot of um, reporting about your salary. Are you prepared to tell us just how much you're earning? Oh, oh God, on. I have to actually find out. <laughs> come on. Come on. Is, you uh... can't ask him that. <laughs> no, no, you I don't mind it. Ask him. Stuff comes from different places, so I don't even... Uh, just the radio no, didn't even fine. No, no whatever they reported, it. like I remember they first reported it around $50 million and I thought, <laughs> bitch, please. Fifty million. <laughs> 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 you, Kyle, you'd have to answer so There's bonuses <laughs> and stuff in there as well, you know, like man's got to eat. Brilliant segue. I've really got to ask you this. I ask everyone yeah. who I talk to ever because I'm really socially awkward and I can never think of things to say. So I'm going to ask you the same question I ask everyone. Um, what's yep, for your yep. tea tonight, Kyle? What's for tea tonight? Well, because I've been going to the doctor's a lot, I've got a whole box of you foods I'm sitting at home and I've gone through. And I thought, oh, oh. my God, I'm eating microwave food. Like, how's this happening? I'm feeling I'm in prison. But it's actually pretty <laughs> bloody good and it's the right... Quality. So I'm thinking tonight mm-hmm. I'll have there's this like a spaghetti bolognese I've been keeping my eye on. Oh, so I'll be eating nice. That. Mm. Beautiful tea. And Thank it sounds you, like I'm dropping sponsor credits all through here. I'm paying for this <laughs> shit too, by the way. No, no, you, you might even, as well. I'm not paid by you foods. I just <laughs> enjoy this stuff. Carl, we know you're an up and comer. So is there anything you need to plug? <laughs> Where can we find your radio show? I'd love to be able to like do a. Um, like a guest appearance at like a, Woll- a Wollongong nightclub or something. I'm hoping that someone will reach out. And, you know, like in return for a bar tab and like an Uber. So I'd love to be able to, you know, as I climbed. I remember I started off in Sydney. I was getting paid good money, but I was still out there scamming the $1,000 appearance fees out of Parramatta nightclub, playing, like getting couples up on the stage with a violet crumble bar, playing suck the chalk. And the idea was the, go- the guy would, would think he was going to be the big man, but I put the guy on his knees... The girl would undo the violet crumble bar yes. and stick it between her legs. The guy yes. would have to hold his head back and, <laughs> and, and, yes. the viol- and he had to suck the chocolate off the violet crumble. And if there's any teeth marks, obviously instantly disqualified. <laughs> we got to the violet crumble first one, the hundred dollar bar voucher. And I was getting booked, baby. I was getting booked every week. Everyone loves suck the chalk. Oh, <laughs> bring that I think back. It work this week. <laughs> anyway, still out and about there. Kyle, you are an absolute legend. Look, thank you for stop, for popping in. You've made our day. You're so welcome. thank you You're very welcome. much for that. I'm so hungover today and you have made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, Robbo's you at my so place. Robbo's at my place. I look hungover. I haven't had a drink since I was <laughs> 21 years old and I look like a big grog monster. Do you not drink? <laughs> no, no, he doesn't drink. drink. No. no. Anyway... <laughs> See you later, guys. Great to be with you. I could not believe I was buying bottles. I was buying bottles. I was at the bottle shop and uh, the guy was like, he was quite young. He was like, oh, he goes, do you, he goes, did you interview Carl Sanderlands this week? And I was like, oh my God, someone's actually watching the Ben Robin Robbo show. <laughs> and, 
they'd come across it through. I asked because I was like, "Are you watching it?" But no, they just come across it being shared on social media some somewhere. But um, but there are a lot I, of the, people watching the Ben Robin Robbo show. Thank you very much, Benjamin. <laughs> uh, look, I, humbly, I'll say yes. That's right, and thank you for thank you for all of those people. Um, but I just was like, oh, I've got to go back and re-listen to this interview because it was such a moment, yeah. like in real time, where we were all like like little girls, like. Totally. Like, considering we're all boys, but we were all little girls just, like, literally screaming for the Beatles. Um, but I then had completely for not listened to it as a listener and to realise that it was a really fucking good interview. He like, it was, was really very good. giving. It was amazing. Yeah. He opened up. Like, he it's was, amazing. He was prepared to answer anything. So, it was, it, yeah, we love him for doing that. Love Bruno for making it happen. Um, but it is almost time to go. But before we go, we've got a chance, guys. To just nudge that that TV black vault open just a little bit more and see what sprinkles out. Ben, what have you got for us? Well, I have to say that I'm revealing what got the most amount of votes this week. And really shockingly, uh, most pe- I was expecting everyone was going to go for number one, but they went for number three, which was one primetime radio and TV star had a fire start in their home while taking part in a Zoom interview. And that was Dave Hughes yeah. and he was actually <laughs> doing a Zoom chat with the Ben Robin oh, Robbo yeah. show and he's, <laughs> so, his son had accidentally well I think the, the toaster had set fire to his uh, kitchen wall anyway I'm sure he's going to love the fact he sent me a photo of it, it didn't look terrifying but uh, wouldn't that have been a good headline for you Rob McKnight his, uh, <laughs> house, Hughes's Dave house Hughes. burns down live on the Ben Robin Robbo show Ben Robin Robbo show <laughs> Yeah, look, we've had a few houses go up in flames on that already, I reckon. (laughs) Anyway, moving on to this one. Number one, this squeaky clean reality TV contestant has been telling people that their backstory is DJing. But what they also forgot to mention is drug dealing. Who dis? Oh, Oh, what? Wow. (laughs) Who dis? (laughs) Do you know what's a really good cover, though? If you're going to have a squeaky clean image on television and then have a secret business of dealing cocaine, then... That's a really smart business model, I'm going to say. Oh, I'm really jealous. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. A married TV personality took some big risk this year at the Portsy Polo, and I'm not talking about gambling. He was caught in the act with a mystery woman, and he was filling more than a few divots. Gosh. Wow. This is out of control. That person's still married. Maybe they're in an open relationship. It is 2020. We're a very modern world. Number three... The one thing that this troubled star wanted was validation and redemption, but they missed every opportunity to make amends with their audience this week, leaving even the biggest fans scratching their head. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> was that you closing the black belt? Are we done and dusted? I just was so worried that you are going to ask me about these ones because they're so controversial, so I'm like, no, I'm just going to shut... The lawyers, the lawyers are in my ear going, don't ask, don't tell. Don't ask, don't tell. <laughs> I don't think we'll be able to do a competition this week on those ones, Benjamin. Uh, I'm slamming the door. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the vault is closed oh. for another week. Uh, thank you, guys, uh, for another great episode, Mulk. We'll see you next week. We'll find you at Mulk's. We'll find you at Steve Mulk on the socials. Yes, you will. That is correct, and I look forward to it. Brookie, you're always found at Viscount Brookie. Happy Big Brother week, everyone. It's going to be a big one. It is. And Ben is at Benjamin J. Norris on the socials. Thank you, Ben. Thank you so much for having me. And, yes, happy Big Brother week to everyone. I hope people love it. I hope people actually give it a shot. Take a night off from MasterChef and uh, take a night off The Voice. Channel 10 give us the contestants, so don't you... You know, there's plenty (laughs) of viewership to spread around, you know? Stop being so politically correct. I'm just... (laughs) I want the numbers. I want the numbers on Big Brother. So, look, I'm hoping... Catch up with MasterChef and catch up with The Voice. They're both brilliant shows. But... Do you know what? It's an event and it's nostalgia at its best. So, Big Brothers, 7.30 on Channel 7, Monday night. Thank you, Ben. I'm Rob underscore McKnight on the socials. Don't forget to go to tvblackbox.com.au where you can get all your television news in one place. We do not discriminate based on where it comes from. We will tell you whatever's going on wherever we find the story. And... Don't forget to leave us a five-star review and a positive comment this week. We've done our best. We've had a great show. So go and reward us by leaving those good comments on iTunes. Thanks very much. We'll see you next week. We missed you, Sarah. Ciao. (laughs) 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 